Hi, this is the Thinker What Works podcast. I am Alex Gary, flying solo as the host this week. Uh, today we are here with Dr. Kat Williams. She is a history, prof- uh, women's history professor at the University of Marshall, or Marshall University, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Uh, thank you very much for coming. Thank you for inviting me. So Dr. Williams is here because she is the president of the International Women's Baseball Center, which is um, now based in Rockford, and we are celebrating uh, the 75th anniversary of the Rockford Peaches and the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League. If you know, you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who that is, uh, there was a movie 26 years ago called A League of Their Own, which popularized this league, which ran from 11 years. Uh, Dr. Williams, how did you get involved, you know, being at Marshall University, how did you get involved in the International Women's Baseball Center. How did you come become a part of this? Well, um, I have been in baseball since the time I could trip over a baseball bat. Mm-hmm. And I always played. I grew up in the 60s when girls weren't supposed to play. Um, and so baseball and sports in general were always important to me. Um, and so as I went through school, I uh, decided that I wanted to have a P- get a Ph.D. in women's history. And, and it occurred to me that, of course, sport history is really where my love is, uh, continues to be. And so I became a professor of women's history, U.S. women's history, and also sport history. And then the combination was very natural that I started to teach and write about women's sport history. In 2003, I was introduced to the um, All-American Girls Professional Baseball League Players Association, and they have reunions every year. And I went to a, a reunion of that league in 2003 in Sarasota. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Syracuse. And uh, I met some of the actual ball players, and I fell in love with them, and I fell in love with their story. And... Um, I knew about the league in part because of the movie. I sat there in a theater in 1992 when when the the movie came out. I sat there knowing very very little about about that league, and I watched and I uh, I watched and I continued to sit there stunned that this was happening, that these things had happened, that these women had played baseball, and that I wasn't alone. I wasn't the only girl or the only woman who who needed baseball, who needed sports. And when that movie ended, I sat there, and the credits started, and Madonna started singing This Used to Be My Playground, and I sat there some more, and I watched the end uh, where the original players came back to Cooperstown and played a game. And I sat there some more while the credits continued to roll. And I couldn't leave. And I continued to sit there. I knew if I got up and left that this was not going to be real. And I continued to sit in that theater until the lights came up. And when I looked around, there were about eight other women still sitting there. And we all had the same experience. Um, that was the time I knew my life was going to change. And uh, so as a professor, I reached out to those women. I became very involved in their organization. And 
eventually started to understand that while the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League and the Rockford Peaches specifically were an extremely important piece of women's baseball history, it was just that. It was a piece of women's baseball history. Women have been involved in baseball as players, as coaches, as managers, as umpires, as owners uh, from the beginning of baseball. And we did not stop being involved in baseball in 1954 when that league ended. We continued to be involved. So in 2013, a group of us got together over pizza and beer, and we started talking about what we saw was a glaring omission, and that was a home for girls and women's baseball. And so we created the International Women's Baseball Center because we wanted to make sure that we uh, continued to preserve and protect the long history of women's baseball internationally. Internationally, women's baseball is far bigger than it is here in the United States. And so the IWBC was born, and we were introduced to the cradle of baseball, Rockford, Illinois. And uh, so we dedicated some property across the street from Byer Stadium, and now most of my family thinks I actually live in Rockford, Illinois. Um, so we are, my story, uh, my involvement in women's baseball and in the preservation of women's baseball comes from my own experience, and that is true for almost all of our board members. Mm -hmm. So um, we want to protect that history, but we want to use that history as a foundation. We want girls to know they have a foundation. They have a history, and we want to use it to create opportunities. And that's what we're doing here in Rockford. So this is a, a five years into, you know, a path that's going to go on for a long time. Right. Um, so most of our you know, we we aim this towards kind of like how do you build? How do mm -hmm. you build businesses? How do you mm -hmm. build movements? So what has worked for you so far in terms of getting the awareness out about the International Women's Baseball Center, and what hasn't worked? So I guess what, let's start with what's what's worked. What have you what what have you guys been able to do in terms of expanding the reach and knowledge about the IWBC? Right. Well, um, the, that's a, a um, that's an answer that could take um, the whole podcast. Um, but one of the things that we did was uh, we made a home here in Rockford, and uh, we we reached out to the Rockford community, and they are very Rockford is very proud of its sporting past as as it should be. And so we were able to be part of this community even before our building is built. We've been part of this community by helping to bring in girls baseball tournaments, creating um, educational programming to give to the schools. We've been part of this community. And by doing that, it's become a very grassroots movement and grassroots locally in Rockford. And then internationally and na nationally and internationally, um, we have continued to be part of uh, all of these various tournaments, uh, various organizations around the country. For example, uh, Baseball for All is a very, uh, very successful uh, organization created by Justine Siegel. And Baseball for All has the largest girls tournament in the world. And uh, we are very fortunate that they played that tournament last year here in Rockford, and we are bringing it back this year to Rockford. But more importantly, in connecting with Justine and Baseball for All, we're taking our preservation of the history to the next level. Uh, Baseball for All has girls involved that are 
8 to 18, basically. So we are bringing what I like to call the pioneers of the past together with the pioneers of the future. And so that has contributed to our growth. Um, Another thing is that we have an international presence. Um, Most people probably don't even know there's such a thing as the Women's Baseball World Cup, but there is. Yeah, that that caught me for a loop. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I mean, you're someone who knows the Mm -hmm. game, right? And and most people don't know that there is an international competition, the Women's Baseball World Cup. It has never been played in the United States until this year. In August uh, 22nd, I think, it will be played for the first time in the United States. Because the baseball for all the girls tournament that was played here last year it's returning to rockford yes. early august correct uh yes first week of august mm-hmm. right have we ever won the baseball world cup the oh, united yeah. states yes we okay. have yes we have um now it is important to to note however that women's baseball internationally is huge the united states has a women's um, uh, baseball team, a USA team. They try out, in fact, I think they're trying out here maybe in the next week or so, and then they play for a while, and they then they play in the World Cup, and they play for in the Pan Am Games, and that's it. But around the world, women's baseball, Japan and China and Cuba and Canada and Australia and Vietnam has a women's baseball team. Pakistan has a women's baseball team. And they are sponsored by... By um, state or local governments. They have a huge program for girls. And so, you know, baseball, whether it actually is or not, has a reputation of being America's game. Mm-hmm. And, and yet, women are left out of that. Um, but, you know, I'm not here to sing woe is me. Um, girls and women have been playing the game. We've been participating in the game, and we continue to do that. And literally thousands of girls and women around this country play baseball, not softball, but when baseball. I, when I look, when I Google, like mm-hmm. Rockford Peaches and some other things, you'll see teams mm-hmm. of entirely girl players that yep. are pe- named Peaches. Sure. There are leagues that yeah. are entire girls' baseball leagues. Right. So have you guys looked into the data? Is, is girls' baseball... Um, are there stats on it, and mm-hmm. is it growing? Um, yes, there are stats on it. Um, I don't have those numbers in front of me, and I couldn't tell you what they are. It is definitely growing. Mm-hmm. Um, as I said, for example, last year we co-sponsored and helped bring in the Baseball for All Girls Tournament into Rockford. We had 27 teams around 250, 270 girls, their coaches, umpires, their families, into Rockford. This year, already, we are over 30 teams and uh, well over 30 girls. Now, some of that is the success of Baseball for All, and I want to give them credit because Justine and her organization is fantastic. Um, But it's also about the popularity and the growth of women's baseball. Having the World Cup in the United States is also... Uh, it helps that, you know, the girls say, oh, wow, look at that. I guess there's something else I can do beyond this. Um, another thing that helps is that um, more and more girls are speaking up and saying, no, I don't want to play softball. 
Now, please understand, I love softball. I played it. I was uh, I was a softball player for much of my adult life, but it is not baseball. And so, unfortunately, one of the things that happens is that girls will play Little League, for example, and then they get to a certain age, I don't know, say 11 or whatever, and they're told, here, take this really large green ball and go play this sport. And some of them do, and they enjoy it, but many of them um, don't want to play softball. They want to play baseball. And so more and more girls are speaking up and saying, no, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to play baseball. And it's not about girls necessarily having the opportunity to play with boys. Well, if they're good enough, they should be able to. It's about access. And uh, so, so that's our goal is to make sure girls have opportunity and access and that they can benefit from all of uh, everything people get from playing sports. And, uh, you know, it's, and it's important that boys see girls playing baseball, because those boys then are going to grow up to be the men who say, well, of course, girls should get to play baseball. So it's, it's about equal opportunity and access. And, you know, we're not about making major league ball players. I don't, I could not care less whether any of these girls play major league baseball. You know, when I, when I speak sometimes about women's baseball, I always get people who say, well, you know, there's never going to be a woman in the major leagues. And my response is, I don't care. Mm -hmm. How many men get to go to the major leagues? It is not about the major leagues. It is about access to baseball. Do you ever envision um, a rebirth of something like uh, the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League? Oh, I envision it every single day of my life. Um, I would love to see something like that. I truly believe if a woman is good enough and and she should get the then she should get the opportunity to try to play on a men's team, on a co-ed team, whatever she wants to do. But the reality is when 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 kids go through puberty, you know, the boys are gonna get stronger, they're gonna get bigger, they're gonna get taller, and and that's okay. It's okay that we're different. And and so what I would like to see happen is that there becomes a feeder system, and baseball for all is helping to provide that. Um, that there becomes a feeder system where girls have there are more opportunities opportunities to play and that yes I think we can do some form of women's professional baseball um, of course in the 90s there were the silver bullets the uh, sponsored by Coors um, and so it's not unprecedented and you know I would love to see Major League Baseball get involved in that but it doesn't have to be Major League Baseball I mean you know they could follow a pattern like the NBA did mm -hmm. with the WNBA or not and that's okay, but I would really love to see girls and women have that opportunity. And that's one of our goals at the IWBC. But again, it's not about making professional ball players. It's about the access to the sport and what it means. And I know from my own experience as a kid growing up in the 60s, you know, the, the kid from the wrong side of the tracks, the, the kid who had an undiagnosed learning disability, the, the thing that was so, uh, that kept me moving forward and literally kept me alive was I knew when I got out of school, I could get on my bicycle and I could ride down to the park and I could play baseball because I was good at, at baseball. And so knowing I was good Good, feeling like I was good someplace helped me to survive the places I wasn't. And I want that for every girl and, and every boy.
Have you guys sat down and, and kind of mapped out, you know, where you want the IWBC to be in five years, ten years? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, you know, we will, first of all, we will continue to um, increase our opportunities um, in in terms of education and curriculum. Um, we are, uh, as I said earlier, we're, we're putting together an educational program that we are offering first to the Rockford Area Schools free of charge. Um, and though that program will be all in, it will be complete. Uh, if a teacher wants to, for example, use baseball or local Rockford sports history to teach science, um, there will be uh, what will ultimately look like a, um, a small dugout that will come to them. It will have the reading material. It will have the lesson plans. It will have all materials that they need to, let's say they're going to talk about wood. Why would you use a certain kind of wood, ash versus some other kind of wood to make a bat? And what does that mean? And how do you, how do you get into that material? That kind of educational programming is key for us. Literally, the third word in our mission statement is the word education. And so that is first. We will continue to grow that. We want to put it into the Rockford area first because this is our home. Uh, and then we will expand that. Um, clearly, we want to continue to um, uh, sponsor or uh, help to facilitate uh, additional tournaments and uh, girls' opportunities to play. Uh, we also want to help to uh, facilitate uh, umpire training, for example, um, other kinds of training. You know, not everybody can play the game, but let's say you're good at math, but you really stink as, a, as an athlete. Well, okay, so we're going to teach you stats. Um, so there are a lot of ways to get involved, and we want to do that. Uh, and, of course, uh, we, want, we want to raise $7 million, and we want to build that building across the street from Byer Stadium. We, we know that that is uh, an important facility, and we know that it will be a physical home for girls and women's baseball, and it will be a big part of that, uh, of that community. Yeah, you mentioned the, uh, uh, the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I always laugh because I was the type of person that I knew my batting average by the time I got to first base. Right. And then, yeah. and if somebody made an error with two outs behind me, I'm like, right. well, okay, everything else is unheard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which, right. Right. Which is a bad thing, right? You're, right. Supposed to try well, to, you know, you're supposed to try to get the next person out. That's right. But I was like, oh, there's no pressure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever works, Alex. <laughs> so, um, so your board for the IWBC, it's like far flung. It's all over the United States. Oh, right? yeah. We're from all over, um, from California and West Virginia and Boston and, uh, and Oregon. And right now, there's no paid president, correct? No. I mean, you're, you're, no, it's all trust volunteer. me. Right. Trust me. Okay. I am not paid. <laughs> no, so there's... Is there a rainmaker? Is there, you know, is, is that something your organization's missing? The person who goes out there and gets the people to sign the big checks? Well, you know, we we all do that mm-hmm. to a degree. Uh, we have uh, certainly folks in the Rockford area helping us do that. We have volunteers that help do that. Um, I spend a, a fair amount of my life doing that. Um, but as we grow, um, 
One of the things that we hope to do is to put together an advisory committee where uh, we we bring in some fundraisers, we bring in some grant writers, we bring in some people who are who are you know that's going to be their focus, that's going to be their job. You know, we're a new organization. I mean, you know, what we've done in a short amount of time is really pretty remarkable, and um, so we're you know we're still getting there. We're 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 raising money sometimes slowly, way too um, slowly. For, for my taste, but um, but we are we are trying to look at all angles, and uh, so you know the the short answer is, yeah, we have people working on that, but uh, you know it it is far more complicated than that, and we realize that, and we are hopefully going to be bringing in some folks that will really kind of get out there and beat the bushes. So by the time we release this, because we, we record. Um for a month and then we release them once a week. So mm-hmm. by the time this is released, the celebration will be over. Right. Um, what is your, what is your, you know, if you looked at, what's the home run vision of what happens next week? You know, at the end of the mm-hmm. week, if, if you guys hit a home run, where will you be? And then on the flip side would be, what would be just you're happy with? Well, um, you know, Home run for me, obviously, is if someone said, "You guys are awesome. Here's a check for seven million dollars." But we'll we'll go we'll step back and 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 be a little more realistic. Um, what I want to see and what I really believe is going to happen is that there's going to be um, a lot of attention uh, brought to Rockford uh, because of uh, because of this celebration. There's going to very simply we're going to celebrate those players and there are going to be a number of those former players there. So we want this to be a celebration of what they've done. Um, we want uh, people like Kim Ng, who is a, a vice president of Major League Baseball, who's coming and will be there. We want her to see what Rockford's about. We want her and Major League Baseball to see what we have to offer. Uh, the Women's Baseball World Cup Trophy Tour is kicking off right here in Rockford, and we want them to see what Rockford is about. We obviously want donations. We want people to say, what you guys are doing is fabulous. We want to support you. But it's also about introducing ourselves to Rockford and the surrounding area and letting them know what we've already done and and what we intend to do. Um, and so that to me is a home run. That's that's a uh, you know we we raise awareness locally and and hopefully folks in the Rockford area will will understand how much we appreciate. Uh, Rockford's sport history and how much we appreciate the peaches and how much we appreciate the community buy-in to what we're doing. So that to me is the most important thing. Um, in terms of, of what would just be, uh, I'm okay with this, um, is, is um, kind of already happened. I mean, you know, I've been here since, uh, I've been here about four days now, and uh, I have had one meeting after another. I have had uh, radio and TV and newspaper and uh, businesses calling me, and not because I'm anything special, but because they're hearing what we're doing. And, and they're hearing about it and understanding it because the volunteers here in Rockford have really done the job. They've gotten out, and, and so people are reaching out to say, can you come and talk to me and tell me a little more? That to me is, you know, that's, if nothing else happens, right, that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. 
So, again, if somebody's listening to this and they, they don't know much about the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League, it started in 1943. Right. Lasted through 1954. Right. Um, the Rockford Peaches were one of just two teams to play the whole 11 season. Mm-hmm. I think the other one was the South Bend White Sox. Uh, Not South, South Bend. I mean the... Oh, Anyway, there was no, the only two teams made it all eleven seasons. South Bend, yeah. Okay, Rockford play, Rockford won four of the title four right. times and yeah. finished second three. Yeah, so they were kind of, they were kind of the Yankees. Right, um, exactly. The um, probably the best player in that league was a lady named Dottie Kamenchek, That's who right. um, played in Rockford for I think the whole time. Yeah. Right, forty five. Anyway, yep. uh, one of the, you've written a book about mm-hmm. the players after. Right. Uh, all the people in that book are in their eighties now. Yeah, some of them are, have, are so, no longer around, I guess, unfortunately. What was the effect on the league for a lot of these women? Well, and that's my book is very much about the impact of the league because you know there are a number of there are a number of uh, histories written about that league and the impact and who did what and who was the best player and who was the best pitcher and so on. As I got to know some of those individuals, I started to realize, and again connecting it back to my own story, I started to realize that um, these were unbelievably amazing women. Uh, they became doctors and lawyers and principals and college professors. And and one woman, Maybell Blair, who is also a founding member of the IWBC, um, became the first one female director of a department at Northrop Airlines. And to a person, they will say it was because they had an opportunity to play sports. Um, they Many of those women, not all of them, but many of them came from very poor uh, backgrounds. They were from small towns and they would never have have traveled. Um, many of them made 65 to $85 a week. And in some cases, that was double what their fathers made. And so they used that money to put themselves through college. They put their siblings through college. They sent money back home. But they also had experiences like travel. For example, in 1947, they had spring training in Cuba. And the stories from that trip are pretty amazing. Uh, and they traveled around the country, and and they will tell you that that changed them. It gave them opportunities that they would never have had. And so my book is about that. And many of them will say that, you know, not only is it because of the money or what they were able to do, but it was it's also about the fact that they understand their place in history. They understand that they started, and this is their phrase, a revolution in women's sports. Yeah, the, if I remember right, the pro golf, the women's pro golf tour wasn't until the late 50s. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure of that date. I'm but pretty I sure think it's the it late is, 50s, right, right? Right. And of course, uh, amateur tennis was, was amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could turn pro, but only the men made any money if they sure, turned pro. So the sure. women stayed amateur. Yeah, the until Billie Jean King, that, that was a, yeah. a discrepancy. Um, yeah. And of course, right. there was a pay discrepancy in women's baseball True. too. Don't get me wrong. Um, ice skating—you would you would leave professional, mm-hmm. you would leave amateur ice skating and go be part of some show, mm-hmm. right? right? So that was you weren't competing anymore. So right. there, that was really the only outlet for professional. Yeah. Was there anything else? Well, not that I'm aware of, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's about it being professional, but it's not just that. I mean, the money mattered, but. But um, and and it, and it was huge. I mean, we can't pretend it wasn't. But it was also about the fact that they felt like they had a role in winning World War II. 
They were very patriotic. They believed that they were helping keep baseball alive during the war, and that was their patriotic duty. They they believed that they showed that women can be athletes, and that was their bridge to Title IX. They believed that um, you know that that they what they did mattered, and and they're right, it did. Um, and so that's the kind of information that I tried to put out in the book is that um, yeah, it, it they loved what they were doing. You you know, people always ask them, well, what was it like playing in a dress? And almost to a person, they will say, we would have played in a bathing suit if that's what was required, because they got to take that field. And and so that's the focus for me, is that we get to see what happens. You know, this was, a, this was an example of what happens when women are given that opportunity. And of course, being professional, that's where the money comes in. But I think, I think for some of those women, um, the, the other pieces of it would have been just as important. Okay. So um, in case somebody, you know, listens to this and says, I want to get involved mm-hmm. in some way, either as a donor or a backer in some way, sure. how would they get in touch or how would they get involved with the IWBC? Well, um, our website is internationalwomensbaseballcenter.org, and that's all one word. Um, we are also have a, a presence on Facebook, and that's probably the best way to look us up and to, and to get in touch with us. Um, uh, you know, we, we try to keep ourselves out there as much as we can in terms of visibility. Uh, but, you know, you can also, folks can also reach out to me um, at katdwilliams1943 at gmail.com. And, uh, but you will, folks will be able to find the IWBC um, uh, online on Facebook and our webpage. Um, and, and, you know, just especially for the Rockford area folks, uh, keep your eyes and ears open. You know, we're here and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're making sure that we are a presence here. Again, long before the first shovel is put in the ground over there um, on Seminary Street. We're, we're part of this community and we're going to be here. And so you're gonna, we're going to be easy to find. All right. Again, thank you for coming in. Thank you, Alex. 